Okay, Kate, let's do this. This is our fellowship period. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to Kate Chapel. Day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad about it. Good morning, K Chapel. My name is Kenya Johnson. And on behalf of the K Chapel Youth Department, I welcome you to Youth Day 2020 as we once again worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Our theme together today is all plans are flawed without God's 2020 vision. We chose our theme last year when we were planning Youth Day. And we had no way of foreseeing what would happen in the world that would change our plans. But God, these very plans were part of God's 2020 vision. And we are thankful that our plans were committed to God and that he made it possible for us to see this year's Youth Day in a fully virtual format. I pray that today's Youth Day blesses everyone watching, but that it especially inspires our youth to continue to commit our plans to the Lord and to trust God's vision for our lives because truly all plans are flawed without God's 2020 vision. Once again, we welcome you to Youth Day 2020. Thank you.
fornicate using the entire church family. Our scripture for this youth day Sunday comes from Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three. They read, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain at the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. May the Lord bless the reader, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this 2020 Youth Day Sunday, Pastor Buckley and his leadership. Bless our speaker and all who made this youth weekend possible. Dear Lord, I thank you for our youth leaders and their family. Lord, you have protected us from so many dangers, seen and unseen. Thank you, Father God. I ask that you heal our country and this world. Help us to love one another as you love us. Protect us as we drive, shop, and do the simple things that have caused others to lose their lives unjustly. Grant us peace, dear God. Be with us, dear God. These blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. It's tithes and offer time. Let each one give as his heart so desires. I invite each of you to give as God has so richly blessed you. You can give on the KCAPA app or text the number on your screen. Or you can send it through the mail or drop it off at the KCAPA church office. God love it, Chapel Giver! Thank you. Makes no difference what you're going through. You're gonna make it. God's gonna see you through. Hold your head up. Put a smile on your face. This is another test. Here's one that's always to get ready for your blessing. Blessing. God's got a blessing. 
join us for a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we pause and say thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for keeping us safe, and thank you for technology that allows us to connect with our church family and praise your holy name. Please place your blanket of protection around us and our families this summer and notarize steps for the days ahead. In your name we pray, amen. Gospel singer, songwriter, musician Brandon Mitchell is a native to Benton, Mississippi. Brandon, one of six children, grew up in church. My earliest memories are of church, says Brandon. My father is an AME church pastor who's been in ministry for 30 years and also co-founded a quartet group, the Benton Jubilee, who have been singing for over 30 years. Ministry was always in my upbringing. Growing up as a Methodist PK, Brandon went from church to church with his father's ministry, singing and playing piano. He began to further his musical ability at Yazoo City High School under the direction of Reverend Steve Dennis, the school chorale director. Brandon sang tenor in the varsity choir for four years and first tenor in boys quartet for three years. During his high school tenure, Brandon started the Yazoo City High School Gospel Chorale. The group allowed Brandon to use his gifts to minister music to youth throughout the school and give other young people who weren't involved in church, other extracurricular activities, and an outlet for school. Brandon's musical abilities earned him scholarships all over the country, but he chose Alcorn State University. At Alcorn, Brandon majored in music performance and toured the country with the Alcorn Concert Choir, singing with them at venues such as Carnegie Hall and the Church on the Hill in New York. Brandon was also a featured vocalist at the Natchez Festival Music, where he sang annually, annually at their Songs of the South event during the production of Tremisha, the opera, and multiple masses. During his tenure at Alcorn, Brandon founded the Songs of Purpose with a group of college friends on campus. Since their conception, they have ministered throughout the country spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Brandon Mitchell and Swap self-financed and recorded their debut album, I Feel a Move, in April of 2008. This album was released in July of 2010. In 2018, Brandon Mitchell and Swap released their sophomore album, Amazing, debuting at number four, at Nelson Charts and number eight on Billboard Gospel Albums. Brandon is married to the love of his life, Trinity Mitchell. She is his partner in every aspect of life and ministry. Brandon currently serves as COO of Warrior Nation Ministries and is becoming a well-known music producer throughout the music industry. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Kay Chapel, thank you so much for having me. Um, this has been a year in the making, but I'm so excited about today. I didn't think I would be doing it from our studio here, but God is good, God is good. I wanna first say thank you so much, um, Dr. Buckley, for allowing me the opportunity to speak to your congregants today. Um, you didn't have to do it. Um, and the committee, you guys didn't have to choose me, but I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that God has given me something that's going to bless you all today. So we're going to jump right into the word. Um, you guys gave me a theme that says all plans are flawed without God's 2020 vision. Um, I got a subtitle. We're going to go right to it. It says all plans are flawed without God's 2020 vision. This is a faith walk. This thing is a fake walk. Um, speaking of flawed plans, let's just start with the year of 2020. I know everyone had great plans and visions for this year. Well, at least I know I did. I had great plans for my family. I had great plans for the ministry that I work for. I'm saying we had a great year. We started off strong in January with a prayer camp, followed by a 16-day crusade in India, um, teaching um, pastors and Christians there the art of soul winning, just 16 days of ministry in India. And I had great plans for my personal ministry. Um, we were releasing new music this year. We did, praise God. Um, but we had the possibility and still have the possibility of record deals and music videos. I'm just saying we had great plans for 2020. How about you? I know at 2020, everybody has these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to, you know, change my eating habit. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be a better me. And everybody, you know, had 2020 vision. You saw it on T-shirts. You saw it on masks. You saw it on commercials. Everybody had 2020 vision. Everyone was ready for the possibility of what 2020 would bring us. And then now. Then now we get to this point. We get never... Could I have imagined a worldwide pandemic 
that will kill more than 100,000 people in six months. And that number is continuing to grow every day. Never could I imagine the entire world being shut down for weeks. The entire world. Never could I have imagined the stock markets completely crashing, hospitals putting bodies in refrigerated trucks because they ran out of storage space in the morgue, and cities burying caskets in parks on top of each other. Never could I have imagined. I know some of you youth, you never imagined not going back to school after spring break. You never ever imagined not seeing your friends and teachers again this year. And I know seniors, I remember my senior year, never imagined not being able to celebrate the accomplishment of completing high school or even college. You never imagined that. I never imagined seeing a man's life taken on a cell phone by the knee of a police officer. I never imagined that 2020 would bring worldwide protest against pro police brutality and racism in the United States of America. I mean worldwide protest. For the first time in the history of our country, all 50 states protested and you have people saying black lives matter everywhere. I never imagined waking up on a Sunday morning and not being able to physically go to church. I never imagined that. I'm a church boy. My dad's been pastoring almost 40 years. I'm just 33 years old. So I was raised in the church, been in church my whole life, every Sunday in church, in music ministry, in some form of ministry at church. I never imagined not waking up on a Sunday morning and being able to physically go to the church building. When this event was planned, I never imagined that I would be communicating with you virtually, but God knew, and we are here today. Needless to say, our plans are flawed. Yes, all of our plans are flawed without God's vision. As we go to God's word, um, the scripture that you guys gave me to um, teach from today is Habakkuk 2 and 2. Um, and I'll read that first. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. But before we get into that, I want to give you just a little backstory on what's going on, what's going on in Habakkuk 1. Excuse me, because um, I feel like it's so relevant to what's happening today. Here we go. Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4 in the Easy English Bible says, these are important words that Habakkuk the prophet received from God. Verse 2, Lord, how long must I cry to you for help and you will not listen? How long must I shout aloud to you violence and you do not make us safe? Why do you cause me to see the things that are not right? Why do you let people do what is wrong? People destroy things and there is violence everywhere. People argue and fight a lot. So the law can do nothing and justice never wins. There's a circle of very, very bad people around the righteous people and give judges the wrong answer. Habakkuk was mad. He was appalled at the wickedness that began to be so common in the world around him. Lawlessness and injustice were rampant. It was just everywhere in the nation of Judah. And Habakkuk, being sensitive to the sin around him, he just cried out to God. In chapter 1, he cries out to God asking him, how long is this going to happen, God? How many times do I have to pray to you and ask you for help, but you don't listen to me? You won't come save me. I see violence everywhere. I see injustice everywhere. I see these evil deeds, and you won't come to my rescue. I don't know about you, but does this sound like any place you know? You see violence everywhere. You see injustice everywhere. You feel like the wrong, it seems like, to, at least to me sometimes, the wrong people are always getting pushed forward while you're in the back burner. And you're trying to trust and believe and know that God, the righteous judge, is going to hear your cry. Today's society is not much different from that society that Habakkuk was talking about. We are so mad, hurt, and oftentimes we question God, asking him, 
How long do we have to go through certain situations? I know I've asked, why is this pandemic happening now? And we often find ourselves wondering, when will this ever end? I know I've asked the question of God so many times. I say, God, this isn't what you've shown me. This ain't what you told me. Um, this is not what you said what happened in my life. But again, I say to you, all plans are flawed without God's 2020 vision. In Habakkuk chapter 2, at verse 2, um, begins with one of God's most famous replies and one of the major verses as it relates to writing vision in the Bible. I know we've all heard it, and I'm going to read it again. Habakkuk 2 and 2 in the KGV. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets that he may run that readeth it. What I'm going to do is, as food for thought all day, we're going to also feast on verse 3, but I want to read the easy-to-read version first. Um, now, this is verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, appointed time, but at the end of it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Again, I'm going to say, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. There we go. In the easy to read version, the easy English Bible, then the Lord replied to me and he said, write down what I show to you. Make it very clear on the page where you write it. Then the runner can tell people all about it. Then the runner can tell people all about it. In this passage, God is not referring to vision with the natural eye, but he's referring to it as the dictionary states, the act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to be. And without God, that's exactly what it will. It will or may come to be. Um, but with God, it's what is going to happen in your life. When God's give you a vision, it's his will for your life. It's what will happen if you trust and believe and act on his words. There are a few things I want to share with you today about vision and being prepared for God's will and vision for your life. And in preparing for this message today, I um, read some information from Arthur Bernard K. Haynes from his book, Vision Forward. And he shared some helpful tools that I like to share with you with my little flip my little Bible flip on it to show you how to incorporate vision into your life. Again, touch somebody and say, this is a, fake, a faith walk, y'all. This is a faith walk. Number one, vision is revealed to the person in position to listen. In order for you to unlock the power of your vision, you must get along with God to listen for his directions. Hebrews 11 and 6 in the New Living Translation says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You got to diligently seek God's face. You have to hear his voice. You should seek him first. My pastor, Pastor Sino, calls it the M633 principle. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Seeking him first unlocks your minds to God's thoughts and his plans for your life. Seeking him first also puts you in the position to receive what he has for you. When I seek him first, I receive his download for me every day. I start to receive God-sized ideas. God-sized vision. And this only comes when your heart is in the right posture. You have to be, I'm going to say that again, you have to be in position to hear his voice. When you have a God-ordained destiny, God will do whatever he has to do to get your attention. He's constantly speaking to us. We just have to be in the right posture. But when God wants you to get still, I will tell you this. He will make you still. When you have God-ordained destiny on your life, he will do whatever it takes to get your attention. He'll make you still. 
Look at what he just did to the entire world. To the entire world, he made us still. The world right now is more God conscious than ever. More God conscious than ever. Everything that we had faith in, everything that we had faith in, we had faith in the stock market. We had faith in the hospitals. We had faith in um, the transportation system. We had faith in our jobs. The Lord shut it down. Everything to get our attention. Um, I remember my first, my first still moment when God actually sat me down. It was at the age of 14. Yes, I said it, youth, 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school, uh, preparing to run track. I ran varsity track in seventh grade. I was fast, y'all. I could do that thing. I ran cross country. That, that distance, that was my thing. And I played baseball. I played Dixie Youth Baseball from the time I was six years old. Um, just been doing it my whole life. And I was so excited, so excited to finally be in high school. I know everybody's excited. If you get in high school, you think you're about to open up a whole new life for you. Whoever you were in, what we had was junior high. Y'all got middle school. Whoever you were in junior high school, you can shed that off over the summer. When you get to high school, um, I was ready to play in front of my friends and fans on a different level. But when I tell you God had other plans for me, he had other plans for me. That year, um, on November 11th, 2001, I'll never forget it. I was in a head-on collision. Um, I was hit by a drunk driver and I sustained major injuries. I almost lost my left legs. I had collapsed lungs um, and I was in the hospital for nine days. Um, my baby brother Braxton was also in the car. He, had, um, he was a baby then, um, but he had broken ribs and a broken arm. My cousin Sean was in the car. She broke every one of her extremities and she coded four times. Um, I'm just 14 years old. While I was in that hospital for nine days, God came to me, God spoke to me in a way that I had never heard before. You know, needless to say, everything that I thought I had in store for my freshman year, that, you know, first varsity baseball game was over for me. My athletic career was basically done. My leg was broken in six places, ankle in four. I was on crutches for nine months. But during that time, at 14-year-olds, God showed himself to me in a way I could never imagine. And he introduced music and gifted me with abilities that I didn't know I had. I'm a musician and I make music today because of that alone time with God. That time when I was just still. That time when it was just me and him. So when he speaks to you, whatever age it is, whenever it is, listen to him. You have to spend time with him every day because he will get your attention. Do you want him to get it your way or do you want it to get it his way? Number two. Vision must be written down and made plain. I'm going to say that again. Vision must be written down and made plain. After you have spent time seeking God, write down in explicit details what he reveals to you. Write it in the present tense as though it's happening right now. A written vision gives you the correct directions and coordinates that you need to follow to get to your de desired destination. On a more practical note, have you ever just had a great idea? I know I have. Have you ever just woke up to have something on your mind? You knew it was great, but because you were so busy, you didn't have time to write it down? Has that ever happened to you? But when you went back to try to remember it, where was it? The thought or vision disappeared. The thought or vision just disappeared. So when God is speaking to you, whatever you have to do, you need to stop and make time for him. He is the most important 
thing in your life. Again, I'm going to go back to the M633 principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. You got to seek him first because those visions that he gives you, if you don't take care of them when he gives you, those thoughts can disappear. Have you ever had an idea that you thought was so good and you didn't act on it? And then a few moments down the line, somebody else did what you thought about doing. That's especially me being a creative. It could be a song idea. It can be so many different things that you thought about doing, but you didn't do. And then somebody else did it. When I tell you when God speaks to you, move how you should move. And we need to write that thing down. You got to write that thing down because thoughts can change the outcome of things when they are implemented. Thoughts change those outcomes. The first step you should take when God speaks to you is write it down as soon as possible. This is design. This is God's design. This is his design. He gives us these directions. The Bible is an open book test for your life. Use it. Don't wait until later. We have so many tools to jot our thoughts down. I have my cell phone. We got voice memos. We got journals. We have so many devices where we can jot our thoughts down immediately. So I'm telling you, you adults, whoever you are, whenever God's give it to you, whenever God gives it to you, write it down, sing it, talk to yourself in your phone, write the vision, make it plain, write it. Again, I'm going to say record it and make sure it's a clear and precise thought. Um, you just have to know, you just have to know and trust and believe when you write what he tells you to write, this begins the process of releasing your vision. This begins the process of that faith walk that I'm talking about. Number three, we're going to jump right into number three, vision overcomes obstacles, obstacles. Do you think because God gives you a clear vision that everything is going to be smooth sailing. You think that. That's not the reality. You're going to encounter some steep challenges and you will hit some unforeseen turbulence. But a vision from God gives you the strength and courage to pursue it in an aggressive, offensive attack that empowers you to overcome any obstacles that stand in your way. Romans 8 and 28 in the New Living Translation says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So each obstacle and every turbulent bump on your journey has been sent to make you stronger and it's been sent to make you better. It has to work for your good according to the word of God. And you have to trust God through every obstacle. You got to trust him through everything, through every turn, through every trial, through every tribulation, through every failed attempt. We have to trust him because guess what? If God promised you something, it shall come to pass. Again, Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it might tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will surely come. It shall speak and not lie. So that vision has to come to pass. So even if you're feeling like 2020 is over, I need a do-over, or I need to fast forward to 2021, no, no, I say to you right here, right now, 2020 is still a great year. 2020, your vision can still happen. Whatever God showed you can still happen in 2020. You don't have to look to the next. You can look to the now. God is doing a new thing, and he's doing it right now. So that's a good opportunity to give him some praise. I'm a singer. I mean, we got to give him some praise in this place. Number four. Don't get in God's way. Vision will manifest itself in God's time. 
Again, don't get in God's way. Vision will manifest itself in God's time. Please, 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 please do not rush your vision. Again, I'm going to take you back to what Habakkuk 2 and 3 says. Too many times we allow our own vision and goals for our lives to disrupt God's plans for us. Has anybody else ever did it? I know what God told me, but that ain't what I, that ain't what I said I was going to do. You know, that's, that's not how I wanted to do it. You know, God told me to sing, but no, I want to be an R&B singer. God told me to do this. No, I want to do this. Our plans disrupt God's plans for our life. They can. Yes, you can get in God's way. And that's when we, cre that's when we create, excuse me, or welcome unnecessary tests and unnecessary trials that come in our lives. Yes, I did say unnecessary. We often go through things that we should never go through should never go through. We end up in situations that we should have never been in. I have before. I remember like yesterday, I was 15 years old and I wanted to go 16 years old. And I was out at one of my friend's house and we were out driving. You know, we just started driving at 16. I wanted to go to the grown people's club. I just remember I wanted to go to the club. I'm a PK, never been to the club before. Ended up going to the club, my first club experience. I had to run out of there because they were shooting and fighting. That was me in a place that I should have never been. That, wasn't, that was not God's design for me. So guess what? I put myself in a, guess what? Unnecessary position. We do it so often. We've had clear warning. We know right from wrong, but we'll take the wrong route because that's what we want to do, just like I did then. We don't have any patience. We don't have any patience to wait for what God has for us. Like in this microwave now, I want it now, society. I want my food now. I want everything now. Um, if it doesn't happen this instance, we begin to question God, and we move in a way to think we know better than he does. We think we know better than he does. But Isaiah 55 and 8 in the NLT says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. He knows what's best for us, far beyond anything that we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. We have to get some waiting power. Come on, again, y'all say that with me wherever you are, on your couch, in your bed, with your family. Say it with me, waiting power. You have to have waiting power. For the word of the Lord says in Isaiah 40 and 31 in the King James Version, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Waiting gives me the strength to endure. It prepares me for the full fruition of the vision. You got to be patient, guys. You got to be patient. And when you make your own plans to manifest your vision, you force those plans into your own timeline. And you could possibly delay and detour your destiny. I'm going to say that again. When you force those plans into your own timetable, you can possibly delay or detour your destiny. Visions manifest when God determines the right time for them. God's timing is perfect. This isn't just a popular saying. His timing is perfect. He puts you where you need to be when you need to be there. Amen? Amen. Number five. Vision must be lived by faith. Vision must be lived by faith. The more you focus your attention on vision, the more your faith grows. Say this with me. Focus on your faith. One, two, as Pastor Sino would say, one, two, go. Focus on your faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 in the King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You might not see your vision yet. It might not look like what you think it should be, but it will come to pass. The vision that God has given you 
has to come to pass. Say it with me, guys. Now faith. Say it again with me. Now faith. You have to work your faith. How do I put my faith to work? I have to see it, number one, think it, say it, do it, and stand on it. I'm going to say that again. I have to see it. I have to think it. I have to say it. I have to do it. And I have to stand on it. How do I see it? I see it by going to the word. Everything starts with the word. As I read the word, the scripture encourages me and gives me hope. Reading the word allows me to see that my world doesn't have to remain the same. But the Bible promises me something greater. Jesus' work at the cross guarantees me something greater. Hope enters my heart when I read the word, which is, becomes important. Because guess what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I have faith that the vision shall come to pass. So I have to see it. Number two, I said, I have to think it. Say it with me, think it. Just reading the word is not good enough. God instructed us to read and meditate it on it day and night. Again, he instructed us to read and meditate on it day and night. Meditation is the act of going over and chewing on a thought repeatedly. I'm chewing on his word every day. Meditating on the word trains me to think like he thinks, to see how he sees, and to see me how he sees me. As I meditate on the word, I start to imagine what my life could become. When I meditate on the word, I see myself in the fulfillment of the promise and the vision and the will that God has given me. So you have to see it, you have to think it, then you have to say it. Say it with me, say it. My words have power and faith has a language. That language is the word of God. God wants me to speak the things he says about me and not the circumstances I can sometimes find myself in. When I feel low, faith says I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. When I feel sick, faith says by his stripes, I'm healed. When I feel defeated, faith says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I feel afraid, faith says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love power and sound mind when my money is low when my money is low or some people say when my money is funny when it's not looking how i want it to look faith says my father is rich in houses and land and he holds the world's riches in his hands the language of faith stops declaring what is happening and it starts declaring what the word says about me we need to hold fast to our confessions we need to hold fast, I'm going to say that again, to our confessions and speak them over ourselves every day because the devil, again, I'm going to say the devil don't want you speaking positively over yourself. He does not want you speaking the word of yourself and he can cause you to speak doubt and unbelief. He can cause you to speak doubt and unbelief. So it's important that we hide that word in our heart. It's important that we hide that word in our heart. It's important that we spend time meditating on that word. Because in those dark times, in those dark moments, that word begins to bubble out. That word begins to bubble out. Again, I'm going to say, when I feel low, I know that word inside of me that I've meditated on says, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not belief. You got to hold fast to your confessions. You have to hold fast to his word. God is good and he will turn all the things to good and goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. That's according to his word. He's good and he'll turn all those things around for your good. And again, I'm going to say, and goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. See it, think it, say it, do it. How do we do it? The Bible says faith without works is dead. The works of faith involve acting on the word we are trusting. If God told you that you're going to be an author, guess what? Start writing. Again, I'm going to say, if God told you that you were going to be an author, start writing. If he told you that you will be a famous singer, guess what? Start singing. If he told you that you will be an athlete, guess what? Start training. Walk in what he's shown you. Prepare for it. Study for it. You got to train for it. Be who he's called you to be. And as you start to live by faith, you will be stretched 
to do what the Bible tells you to do. As you take the next step of your faith, you will find doors will begin to open. Guess what? Doors are going to be open because you were prepared. If you choose to activate your faith, you will courageously move forward in following your promised path that leads to success and the full fruition of God's plan. It's going to lead to success, guys. If you train, if you train, that's what I call it. If you train, if you work your faith, if you do it, if he's told you to write and you write, guess what? When that book deal finally comes, you'll be prepared for it. If you're going to be an athlete, guess what? When that scout finally comes to the gym, you're going to be prepared for it. And the last thing I'm going to say is you have to stand on it. That see it, think it, say it, do it, stand on it. Standing on the word involves maintaining a position in God until what you are believing God to do manifests in your life. I know that his word can't lie, and what he promised me shall come to pass. So guess what, guys? We got to put our faith to work. I'm going to say these again. You got to see it. You got to think it. You got to say it. You got to do it. And you got to stand on it. I will stand on it. I will stand on it. Even when I don't see it, I'll stand on it. In this faith walk, in this faith walk, while God's vision is manifesting in your life, this road can get rocky. It can get tough, but I'm constantly reminded of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is my um, niece's favorite verse, Bailey. In the KGV, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. If I acknowledge him, he won't lead me astray. If I see it, think it, say it, do it, and I stand on the word that he's given me and the vision that he's given me every day, if I acknowledge him, all of my steps will be ordered and ordained by him. I said that again. All my steps will be ordered and ordained by him. So no matter how flawed you are, and we all are flawed, no matter how much you've sinned or fallen short of the glory of God, if you remain diligent in your pursuit of him, life curveballs won't stand a chance. So guess what, guys? Whatever the Lord told you, whatever he showed you, it has to come to pass. It has to come to pass. Don't let life's curveballs don't let situations and circumstances weigh you down and deter you. You got to trust in the word. You got to trust in the word. Again, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Let him direct you. Let him lead you. Yes, we all are flawed, but with him, we can walk into the perfect will of God for our lives. I hope you've been blessed by what God has given me to give to you. I wish I was there to speak to you guys and hug you guys and to love on you guys. Uh, but God saw it this way, and I hope that I was able to bless you through the cameras um, and through all of this technology that we've been forced to jump into. So um, thank you so much again, um, Dr. Buckley, for this opportunity, the entire youth committee that's um, prepared this big event. Um, and I hope this was a blessing to you. This has been so much fun. And I can't wait to get back over there to Cade to fellowship with you all. I hope you guys have a blessed day and walk that faith out. God bless you. What an exciting day, an exciting weekend this has been, and what an exciting moment this now is. This is the moment when you can make a commitment to give your life and your heart to Christ. In this day when there's so many problems and so many situations and issues in front of us, the good news this morning is that Jesus is the answer. And because of that, we can turn our eyes completely upon him. You don't have to go looking for new missions or movements or searching even after men, but Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. Why don't you give your life to him right now?
You scared of what comes next then? You know what? Just put your trust in God And the days will get easier Sit out on your porch and the wind will get breezier We always ask God questions like why not me? I even asked him that question late last week But I had to understand it just wasn't my time As long as you got air in your lungs It's bound to happen, I can't you? Turn a bad man into a believer. Jesus, 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 Jesus. the number that's on your screen. There's someone there waiting for you to talk with you and pray with you and give you next steps in how to live out your faith.
We're praying for you and we're waiting for you to call now. God bless you. Good morning, Kay Chapel. Thank you this morning for viewing our youth weekend. Our children were so special as they took their time and efforts to make this weekend special, and it was all about them. So now, I can understand and call names of all the kids who took part, but in this church, we've learned that it's a family effort. So our children are so special because they took time to do this in a way that actually made it easy for us. They did it from their homes or their personal spaces and we were able to bring it all together. So I thank you young people for contributing your time, whether to song, whether to dance, or even if you were able to give some special part at the podium. It shows that we can make anything happen with God and with time. Now, COVID-19 changed a lot of things we have done in the past. And I think I to say that because of it, it taught us things that we would never even thought about encompassing with trying to do a service this way. So I thank Kay Chapel. I thank you all as a family from a distance, and for those who are close. Now, I thank the Cage Chapel team, Ms. Patisa Allen, of course, our directors, and most importantly, our pastor of this church, who always give it all. He give us the, the room and space to make things happen outside of our thoughts. We thank you all for loving this church and continue to give the way you do to this church. Thanks for giving your time, but most importantly, for your talents that we have shown and displayed. We love our kids. Let's continue to make them safe and keep them safe. Now, lastly, Mr. Mitchell, we thank you for your beautiful message that you have given to show our children how to become good people in Christ. As we continue to do the things that we have already been taught to do to this church and through their growings, we will continue to grow in faith and love for one another. We love you all. We miss you all. And as always, thank you for being part of Cage Chapel Service and our Youth Weekend 2020. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this Sunday morning and all this weekend, actually. Our young people have celebrated Youth Day weekend 2020. And I want to thank our youth department, our youth director, Brother Kim Brown, and all of these youth workers who have worked so diligently to make sure that in the midst of all of this, our young people were not forgotten and celebrated, in fact, in high fashion. It started with this drive through that you see here. And then on, on tonight, Saturday night, there was also a youth lock-in, a virtual youth lock-in. No adults were allowed. And so we thank God that we've had an opportunity to serve our young people and serve them well. Listen, I want to remind you that this week, this week also continues our virtual vacation Bible school on Monday night. Monday night starts at 6 p.m. for our priest. Want to remind you that this week continues our virtual. So virtual vacation Bible school is at 630. 634 um Dad, adult it's youth six weekend just let me do it thank you everybody for joining us for youth weekend please join us for virtual vacation bible school monday 6 30 for preschool tuesdays primary and junior at 6 30 teens at 7 and wednesday 7 for adults now may the grace of god and the sweet communion of his holy spirit rest rule and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Ah! 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 Ah!